0: Today's scripture is John 18, through 37. Then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you asking this on your own, or have others told you about me? I'm not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied, Your own nation, and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If any kingdom, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. You are a king then, Pilate asked. You say that I am a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this, and I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's cold in here, so I might start shivering and uh, just pardon that in advance. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm a member here at the church. And um, when Pastor Eric had asked me to help uh, fill in for this morning, uh, it's a little providential because I had a, a message all written out, ready to go uh, to deliver to another church. And um, I actually had, a, I had the uh, option to uh, either use the one all ready to go or continue uh, the series on Hebrews, which would require me to make another sermon. Um, If you know me, that wasn't a hard choice. (laughs) So this morning, uh, we will not be continuing our series on Hebrews, and uh, we will be looking at a passage in the Gospel of John. This. Clicker is not going to work, Wilfred, So we're just going to have to go this way. So I have a uh, a picture to show you guys. Um, that's a real city. Uh, and it's not Narnia. It's in the uh, it's in the Arctic region of Norway, in a city called Tromsø. And uh, that's I'm pronouncing that wrong, almost for sure. I don't. There's a O with a slash at the end of that. I don't know what to do with that. Um, Besides just being a very beautiful uh, city, I show you this picture because this is what Tromsø right now looks like in the daytime. They are going through what's called a polar night. Uh, It's an extended period uh, without daylight. And uh, sometime around Thanksgiving, the sun had set in Tromsø, and uh, it will not raise back in the sky until mid-January. So it's almost 40 days of continual darkness, if you can imagine. What do these people do for two months without daylight? Do they just close the town and walk around in their pajamas for two months? Well, we happen to know that these good people will wake up the same time they always wake up. And even though it's dark outside, they'll dress their kids for school, They'll open up the banks and the places of business. And life is going to go on in this city the way that it always has, even though the sun isn't out in the sky. This is my favorite metaphor for the Christian faith. We are called to live by the light of a different day. And even though we live in a world of darkness, we're called to live as though the kingdom of God is already here. We live by the light of a kingdom whose day has not yet dawned, but it's began. It began with the resurrection of Jesus. And so we live as though the light of that kingdom shines even now, shines through the darkness. And that's our theme for this morning. Uh, The next slide. Uh, The kingdom uh, that is not of this world. And we only have two headings this morning, and I know that violates... The all sermons have to have three points rule. Uh, We're only going to do two. The first one is that the kingdom does not follow the world. And the second heading is that the kingdom follows the voice of Jesus. So the first uh, heading is that the kingdom does not follow the world. On our passage this morning, Jesus is on trial. On one hand, we have his accusers as the Roman Empire, Caesar through his representative, Pontius Pilate, and on the other side of his accusers is Israel, the chief priests and uh, the Pharisees, and they are both sides accusing Jesus of some form of either blasphemy or treason because Jesus claims to be the Son of God. He claims to be the King of Kings. And it's important to hear how Jesus responds to these accusations. Uh, The next slide. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. There's a conscious decision from Jesus to not behave the world the way the world behaves, to not fight the way that the world fights. There's something different about Jesus's kingdom that requires him to behave and act differently. People who belong to Jesus's kingdom, we are called to a different kind of life, a different pattern of life. We don't fight the way the world fights. We don't engage the world the way the world engages each other. We have to remember that God's kingdom has no territory to defend. There's no capital. There's no presidents or rulers or houses of Congress. God's kingdom is not of this world. And so people who belong to it, they belong to a different pattern, a different standard of living. We also don't engage the world the way, do, the way it does socially uh, or the way that the, the world might use power. We don't engage in social identity politics um, or mob cancellation. These are not the weapons of the church. Otherwise, as Jesus says, my servants would be fighting. We also have to remember that when God talks about the kingdom We as Christians sometimes like to talk about building the kingdom, right? Like I'm doing this for the kingdom or we're establishing God's kingdom on earth. It's also really important to remember that that's not the language of Scripture. Scripture never really talks about his people building God's kingdom. It's something that we receive. Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come. There's something almost passive about how the kingdom arrives, So, if we don't build God's kingdom, what do we do in the meantime before it arrives in fullness? We anticipate it. We live as though the kingdom has already come. We live as people that belong to a kingdom. And that means that we live by a different pattern of life. We live differently from the world. We're in the world, we live for the world, but we don't follow the world. We're called to be different. For the kids uh, who are here, or at least the younger folks who are here, um, when I talk about being different, I know that doesn't sound like a great thing, at least for a lot of us. When I was younger, I didn't, the last thing I wanted to be was different. I wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to talk like everyone else and dress like everyone else and know the same jokes. So being different sounds not fun. It sounds scary. Um, I've been at this church long enough to know, though, that that you guys as kids are different. Your parents are different. And belonging to God's family and belonging to the families that you already are a part of, you might as well just embrace the things that make you different, the things that make you stand out. I know sometimes it feels hard, um, especially maybe if your parents ask you to work harder than the other kids or maybe not allow you to watch the same things that the other kids do. Um, But we don't do that to make your life hard. We do that because we know that there is a path that's better. We know that there's a path of being different that is 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 the path that makes for a better life. And that's the thing, that's the call for all of us who belong in God's kingdom family. Now speaking to the whole church, that we are a part of God's kingdom. We're a part of this family, and that calls us to a different pattern of life. That calls us to a different way of engaging the world. On the subject of families. Um, it's important to know that these things are to be balanced. Even though we belong to a kingdom that's not of this world, we also are in this world. We also have responsibilities as parents or as husbands and wives. We have responsibilities in our jobs. And sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to know where that balance is. And in the very next chapter, we actually see Jesus... Uh, at the end of his earthly life, taking care of his mother. The next next passage, please, thanks. Um, I'm so glad this is in the Bible. Uh, It says here in John chapter 19 that standing at the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby... We know from tradition that this is John, the writer of the gospel. Jesus said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his home. Look, if anyone has the right to say, I'm a little busy doing kingdom work, it's Jesus. He's on the cross, he can literally say, Family, look, I'm kind of busy right now, literally saving the world here, if you can just manage on your own. But Jesus is, is going at great lengths to make sure that his family is cared for. And so that's just to remind us, and I don't think I have to belabor this point, that there's no task of the kingdom that's, uh, that's so important Um, that our families are ignored. We are able to keep these things in balance and follow the model of Jesus. That brings us to our second uh, heading for our sermon, which is that the kingdom, if it does not follow the world, it follows the voice of Jesus. Um, Our text says it clearly. It says that for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. The way of Jesus is not the way of the world. If you know your Bibles, the way of Jesus is the way of compassion. It's the way of love. It's the way of service and humility. It's almost everything the world is not. And when we gather like like this on Sundays... What we're doing is we're straining to hear the voice of Jesus speak into our lives. When we open up our Bibles for daily reading, when we do CBR, uh, we are listening to the voice of Jesus. And we are taking our direction as people who belong to his kingdom and finding the pattern of how to live, finding the path for us to walk together. In order for us to understand how this works um, it's also really important that we get the logic of how the bible talks about the kingdom we uh, had this passage read for us uh, this morning for our assurance of, of faith and it says here in colossians 1 that god has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption The forgiveness of sins notice the past tense of all of these verbs we have been transferred we have been delivered into this kingdom the kingdom of god for believers is not a future reality that we wait for it's not something that's out in the distant future that we have to uh, expect to come one day there has already been something decisive. There's already been a transfer that's taken place. And we are now people who have been transferred from one kingdom and brought into another. We used to belong to the kingdom of darkness, but now we belong to the kingdom of the beloved son. And this new kingdom has its own culture. It has its own language. It has its own way of life that we all need to learn together how to be members of this kingdom. It has a way of learning how to be royal. Now, there's, uh, there's been a lot of illustrations that I've used in the past uh, to demonstrate this, but I've recently settled on one. It's a little academic. It's a little uh, advanced, but this is a smart group. I think we can, uh, I think we can get it you guys know what this is? Sophia the First, it's a show on Disney Junior. I don't even know if they air it anymore. This show is is after our time as parents of toddlers. Uh, When our kids were young, we were, Disney Junior was just getting started, Uh, like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and uh, The Wiggles was still a thing back then. (laughs) So I didn't watch Sophia. And I just, when I see something like this, I just thought this is a show about how to be a princess, which I'm not interested in. But um, one day, my daughter, this is very recently, by the way, during the lockdown year, my daughter was singing the theme song to Sophia the First. My daughter's 15. (laughs) But she knows the words by heart, and um, which is fine, because it's a catchy song, and uh, My thinking on the show changed completely as I was listening to the lyrics of this theme song, because what I was hearing was one of the clearest illustrations of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a member of God's kingdom. You see, the song starts, or the show starts, with Sophia, and she's just an ordinary girl. She's just a girl in the village, and if you asked her, she was doing all right. If you know the song. Um, But then, but then she becomes a princess overnight. I love this because she wasn't born a princess. She becomes one later. Now, how she becomes a princess is, you know, I think her mom marries into the royal family, as with all Disney princesses. The less we know, the better. You know, there's evil stepmoms, and the family situation is always strange. But Sophia, she becomes a princess, and this is the thing. She doesn't know the first thing about being royal. She wasn't born into royalty. So she needs to learn. Next slide, Wilfred. She needs to learn how to do it right. That's uh, That tall guy is Tim Gunn, um, voiced by Tim Gunn from Project Runway. And I think he's one of Sophia's teachers, you know, teaching her how to do it right. And there's so much to learn and see. She's up in a castle with her new family in a school that's just for royalty. Uh, the next slide. And so what is she doing in this school for royalty? She's finding out what being royal is all about. Now, I hope you can see the connection. If you're a Christian this morning, you and me, we are Sophia. We used to belong to one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, the Bible says. And that was all that we knew. We were doing all right, but we've been delivered. We've been transferred into a new kingdom, a new family. And that requires us now to learn how to live like People in this new kingdom family. It requires us to live up to a higher calling of people that belong to this kingdom, like Sophia. Now, maybe the question becomes well, what if I don't want to learn how to be a member of the kingdom? Or what if I don't do a good job? Or what if, you know, I just. I'm just not interested in in being a good Christian in the kingdom. The next slide, please. I think there's two, one more. You know, if if Disney Junior were realistic, we would see Sophia the teenage years. (laughs) And maybe she's uh, getting shipped with this hockey player over there in the right corner. Or maybe the girl in the yellow dress is causing all this drama. And maybe Sophia just wants to give up, right? And maybe she's just telling Tim Gunn, stop, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. If she kind of just casts it all aside and says, I don't want this anymore, I don't want to live like this, is she still a princess? Yeah. She might not be a good one right now. She might not be in harmony with her family, but she nothing that she did made her a princess in the first place, and nothing she can do can undo her status as royalty. And the same thing is true of us when we ask, you know, what if I just, you know, have done so many things and so many troublesome things and bad things that... You know, do I just, do I even go to heaven when I die? And I hope that we understand that that's just not even the right question. Sophia is called to learn how to be a member of royalty, learn how to live like a princess. We are children of God. We belong to a family that follows the voice and pattern of Jesus. Sometimes we do better jobs of it than others. But at all points along the way, our ability to learn does not determine our status as children of the king. And so what we do together is try to learn. Um, But the order of things is key. We don't apply to get into the kingdom. There's no judge that tells us whether or not we're accepted or not. We already are. We already are in the kingdom. And what we do here is to learn how to be members of that. When we meet together like this, we're finding out what being royal is all about. You know, I remember when Irene was with us. she found out that I was trying to learn German from my PhD program. And uh, so she said, okay, from now on, we're only going to speak in German to each other. <laughs> and uh, if you know, well, you, none of you will, but my German is awful, especially spoken. It's almost disrespectful to Germany. <laughs> so it would take a lot for me to try and practice that, you know, with another person. It was only because it was Irene. You know, she had a very generous and yet really insistent way about her. So that I, you know, she got it out of me. It didn't happen all that often, but she did get it out of me. And I was able to fumble through sentences and I would try and get out of it and speak to her in English and she would say, nur auf Deutsch, right? Only in German, Chris. That's a glimpse of what church can be. Not learning German, but people coming together to learn the language of the kingdom, to teach one another how to do this. Because, you know, there's no natural Christian prodigy. Nobody's born being good at this. Nobody is just naturally gifted at speaking with grace and truth, at living a life with the love and the compassion and the humility of Jesus. These are not things that are natural to any of us. We have to learn how to do this. It takes a church, it takes practice, it takes the power of the Spirit, and all of that taken together is the, the way that we walk the path of the kingdom. There's a wonderful passage um, that kind of puts all of this together for me. It comes to us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it says this, you are all children of light, speaking to believers, you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, they sleep at night, and those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation." We are children of the day, children of light. These references to drunk and sober, um, they're metaphors. Uh, It's not actually about just alcohol. If it was, I might be in a little trouble here. Um, This is a passage actually about hiding. Look again at this verse. Those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. Why do they do this at night? Because the night covers their darkness. The night gives cover. It allows people to hide. Whereas people who belong to the day, there's no fear of of what they might be exposed because it's out in the open for all to see. I tell this to my kids. I tell a lot of things to my kids, but this is one of the things that I tell them a lot, which is you don't have to hide. You don't have to be a different person when your parents aren't around. You don't have to open up an incognito browser to hide your search history or sneak around on your phone. You can just be the same person out in the open unashamed of whether things are seen or not because you can have a life that doesn't hide. That's a life of integrity. That's the same person no matter what room you're in. That's what God's people are called to be when the Bible tells us to be children of the day, children of the light. Live in such a way that you don't have to hide. We are daytime people of God. Why do we do this? Because our kingdom is not of this world. We don't have to follow the way the world lives. And in fact, we're called to follow the voice of Jesus in a way that is different. And this is our our birthright as people who belong to this family. Church is a group of people who are joined together, and we're all looking at the same sky. And we're reminding one another that even though the world looks dark, that we can live by the light of a different day. We can live according to a different kind of pattern. I want to close with a proverb. It's my favorite proverb. Um, It can be yours too. I'm willing to share. It says this. It says, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter until the full light of day. This brings us back full circle to our image of the polar night. We live in anticipation of a new kind of living. And even though the sun of God's kingdom isn't shining yet, we don't wait for that day to arrive before we start living like God's kingdom people. We start practicing it now. Why do these people in in Tromsø, Norway, why do they go out in the morning, even though it's dark outside? Why do they still do the same pattern and the same schedule of living, even though the sun's not out? It's because they know that the sun will rise. The sun will rise again. And so when it comes, they'll be ready. And so that's our call. We know that the kingdom will return in its fullness. We wait for the return of the king. But we don't wait for that day to come before we start living as subjects of that kingdom. We anticipate it. We live as though it's the day, even though it looks like it's night. It's a day late now, but... The line from the old Christmas hymn still rings true, yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that because of him, uh, we have the hope of a new life. We thank you that because of him, we are brothers and sisters of a new family. So Lord, I pray that you would continue to just help us um, when we come together uh, to remind one another of our calling and to learn from one another what it means to be a child of the king. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name.